Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Sugar Bowl recap. Uh, thoughts on the Sugar Bowl episode of Red Cup Rebellion, Podcast Rebellion. Uh, this is Juco All-American. I am joined by Whiskey Wednesday. We both watched the game and have things to say about it, uh, as I'm sure many of you have thoughts as well. Uh, we're actually just going to go ahead and jump in. Uh, first topic, of course, has to be Matt Corral. Um, and as of recording, which is uh, 12.40 p.m. on Sunday, uh, that's central time, uh, the reports have been that Corral had an MRI, which didn't show any breaks, uh, and that this is not something that will have a necessarily a long-lasting impact on his ability. Um, so that's good to hear. Uh, but, you know, it's obviously frustrating for him to go out in the way that he did. Uh, he's very frustrated. Um, I guess, uh, you know, he played so little before going out that I, I don't even necessarily know that it's important to talk about how he played. Like, it wasn't great, but whatever. Uh, it was it was early in the game. And uh, the there were a lot of problems on the team that we'll address over the course of this podcast. But... Yeah, just sad to see him go out that way, um, but happy to see that he's expected to be all right. I don't know if you had anything to add. Yeah, absolutely. It's, uh, yeah, just heartbreaking. And, and as we kind of talked about as the game was unfolding, as, as soon as Corral went down, you really had to change your expectations and, and outlook on the game. I admittedly had trouble doing that. I was like <laughs> so pissed off, uh, was hoping that, you know, we could make something happen out of it, but really just feeling bad for Corral and for the team and for you know, everybody who, who, you know, wanted so much out of this game uh, to, to kind of have that all dashed so early uh, was just really tough to, to adjust to in the moment. Yeah, it was. I mean, I I mentioned this to you in a message, but um, certainly when that happened, I uh, very much changed what I thought would be a success coming out of the Sugar Bowl. Um, and in some ways, some of those things were actually achieved. Uh, and we can talk about that a little bit in in a moment as well. But um, I guess uh, we we can't talk about Macarau without talking about Luke Altmaier. And he's actually the, the first part that I sort of view as a success. I don't think that Altmaier was exceptional uh, or anything like that. But he – there were a number of conversions he made uh, on third or fourth down that – like maybe three or four that I thought showed tremendous promise. Um, of course, there was the touchdown pass to Braylon Sanders that – uh, was a gorgeously thrown ball. Uh, it was maybe 35 yards or something like that um, in the air, right exactly where it needed to be and what was beautiful. But I also, there was like a third and four or something like that where he was, we were on the 10, our, our 10, I believe. Um, and he was chased out of the pocket uh, to the left. He's right-handed. So he was chased to the left. He's sprinting left keeps his eyes down the field. Remember, true freshman. I think he's actually still 18, uh, but he, he might be 19. Sprinting left, keeps his eyes down the field, sees Dontario Drummond 
past the sticks and while still running left squares up his body and throws uh not like perfect accuracy to, to drummond but a very catchable ball which drummond caught for the for the conversion and i think that when that play happened is when i was like okay you know this is everyone's been talking so much about the transfer portal uh, and I still think that Ole Miss has to find a, a quarterback in the portal to to compete. But I think that play and a few other things that we were able to see with his legs and things like that kind of eased a lot of concerns there for me, at least. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Altmaier also had a couple of really good scrambles, um, showed a lot of like situational awareness for a freshman, um, his, you know, the first play from scrimmage that he did was a, a really nice deep pass to um, Jonathan Mingo that could have easily been a touchdown. It's something I wanted to bring up. It, it's one of the super aggravating things about how football games unfold. Uh, so we bring in Altmaier. We do this really aggressive uh, downfield pass where, you know, the defense may be expecting just a couple of you know runs or dump offs to get things going. Really nice pass. Uh, pretty good route by Mingo to, to get some separation. And the Baylor defensive back situationally knows that he can, you know, commit pass interference and that's to his advantage. And so they did. And then, on top of that, uh, as Juco pointed out to me earlier, we <laughs> we got the lineman downfield penalty, so we didn't even really get. Aren't those uh, fun for that? Yeah, yeah, those are a blast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because um, I'm sure the lineman, I don't know, I, we didn't really get to see how that happened, but it's not like we probably gained any schematic advantage from that either. So, <laughs> uh, and then of course the next thing we know, the you know Baylor defensive back is intercepted. You know the next pass uh and and it went for six and so and that was oh, gosh that pass um i mean it was altmeyer's fault in that it was a low ball that was thrown you know where a defensive lineman could get in the passing lane and bat it up and everything but like I don't know people. I don't even remember the corner's name, but people talk about him as if like he did something great. Obviously the returning at 96 yards or whatever it was for a touchdown is, is cool and all uh, if you're a Baylor fan, but um, he was actually beat. Like uh, he was going to give up the first down if it was a, if it was a, an accurate pass. Um, And he just happened to be right there when the ball was tipped up. Uh, Really frustrating. Of course. I mean, the pick six on the four yard line or whatever it was is always frustrating. But yeah, I just the the team was at that point kind of starting to feel a little something, you know, some positivity with with Altmaier, that sort of stuff. And then there was a huge setback that then lasted through the end of the half before things were able to kind of get righted in the third quarter um, before the, the final pick in the fourth kind of put it out of out of range. Yeah, absolutely. But you really got to applaud Altmaier and his poise. And I mean, my immediate impression, I, I wrote my first article in, Oh Lord, two years, uh, about, you know, potential, uh, breakout stars for 2022 and Altmaier was first on the list. And I, you know, kind of hemmed and hawed a little bit, but eventually said that, maybe the expectation for Altmaier was that he could look like Corral looked as a freshman. And 
you know, when, when Corral first started under, under Matt Luke and Rich Rodriguez. And I, I think that uh, I maybe called it because I think that's kind of how he looked. Uh, he made a bunch of really gutsy plays. He made some really good throws. He made a couple of, you know, kind of rookie mistakes in uh, kind of staring down receivers or, you know, throwing a pass, like you said, kind of at uh, or over a defensive lineman who could make a play on it. Um, But yeah, overall, I think that maybe was a pretty good comparison. And that gives me a lot of uh, enthusiasm about him if he is indeed the the starter next year. Yeah, obviously he has a different skill set than than Matt Corral, but I definitely get what you're saying. there were uh, I um, I had heard that he was a pretty good runner or a, a relatively good runner, um, but I don't know. I, I think that those draws that seemed to be called uh, were really effective, and I could see those being effective. It's funny that I even say this. Like I could see those being effective against an SEC defense. Like Baylor's defense was really good. This was not just a like, oh, the Ole Miss had offensive shortcomings that. Like no, but Baylor's defense was wrecking, and and that actually gets to the next point that we were going to talk about, which is the Ole Miss offensive line. Uh, man, it was it was a rough day for everyone. Yeah, boy, were they bad. Uh, let's <laughs> not sugarcoat it. They were really, really bad. Um, you're right. Baylor's defense was exceptional. Uh, I think Baylor's offense is pretty poor on the whole, uh, and they've won 12 games this year. So <laughs> that must mean their defense is really, really good. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, something I, I read that I didn't even notice in my you know blind rage over Corral being hurt and, and other things. Um, apparently, Jeremy James was hurt for most of the game, out with uh, what ended up being a like an ankle sprain or something. But yeah, yeah he got hurt on the second drive, so he was yeah he was, the kind of can't McIntyre. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, he is arguably been our best lineman um, a lot this year um, it, in terms of. You know, consistency, especially. Um, yeah, I mean, I would say you know out. Ben Brown was before, but mm. yeah, when, once Ben Brown went out, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, it's interesting. I, I, I'm not, of course, a talent evaluator, and especially not on the offensive line, where like, man, I I do not know any about the technique and all the nuances of that of, of line play, other than that guy let the guy through. <laughs> uh, but. It's it's interesting to me that um, there's this <laughs> narrative is maybe not the right word, but that's the only thing I can think of. There's this thought out there, I guess, that people have talked about, reporters, media, fans, and even someone asked, I believe, Nick Broker, like, are you going to go pro um, or are you going to come back for your senior year? And I think he has said, like, he's he's not has not announced anything or something like that. I don't understand. I mean, I don't think that he's like a bad player. Definitely. I, I, I think that, you know, and for most of the year, he was quite good. But uh, this this game exposed, like a couple of other games have exposed this year, that he doesn't have a future at tackle. Um, as a college tackle, he's fine. Uh, but, you know, it seems that he projects as a guard at the, at the next level. And... It seems strange to me, like this concept that maybe a guard would go out early. I, I know that happens every year, but like your ceiling of draft number and salary 
is so much lower as a guard. I don't really understand. Yeah, and Broker uh, will be viewed as a really raw prospect. Um, he doesn't play with as much discipline as you might expect from a starting left tackle. He has a fair number of penalties. Um, he makes a fair number of mistakes. And he makes up for that with incredible effort. Uh, and he really gets downfield and looks for second and third blocks. And I, I really like his toughness. He's super tough, but yeah, he, I don't think he's a polished NFL prospect. I think most people would tell him like, no, go back. And, <laughs> uh, so that, yeah, odd, odd situation there. Um, well, let's see. So also, uh, did Eli act? So I know Caleb Warren was at left guard. Uh, gosh, I, I'm trying. Go ahead. I think Acker started at right guard. Okay. Okay. Yeah, had to had to be because I think everybody else was out. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and uh, another thing, uh, I, we have in the show notes. We're going to talk about Baylor a little bit later, but um, they were massive on the defensive line and super strong and fast, <laughs> and. Uh, Going in, I had actually heard um, – actually, I listened to um, the Rippy Wrights podcast with Brian Scott Rippy um, the other day. Plug for that because it's it's quite good. Um, and he had someone from uh, a site that covers Baylor who came on and, and spoke about how uh, you know the ends that they had and their big nose, whose name I can't remember um, – would have been some of the best defensive linemen that Ole Miss saw all year. And at the time I was like, okay. <laughs> uh, but then yeah. as soon as the game started, I was like, Oh, that is right. Uh, I mean, I, I think Ole Miss saw some better lines. This is kind of a, uh, yesterday was a result of a lot of things joining together at the wrong time. Um, but that line was, was really solid and very impressive. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely comparable to Alabama and Texas A&M, the other two best that we that we faced. Yeah. Um, so actually, while we're talking about impressive defense, let's talk about the Ole Miss defense. Absolutely. Um, my expectation was that Baylor would pretty quickly run away with it, um, you know, not in getting blown out by 45 points or something, but that they would pretty quickly – get out and ahead in a way that we couldn't reasonably be expected to keep up with, but the defense just crushed them for a, a long time. Um, and, you know, eventually broke one, you know, Baylor broke one long run that effectively sealed it towards the end. But yeah, man, these guys continued to absolutely stymie Baylor, um, and it wasn't that kind of bend don't break thing that we've seen a good bit from them this year. Uh, just a lot of crushing stops at or near, you know, the line of scrimmage, um, a lot of really great pass coverage. You, you know, when the other team's quarterback passes for 40 yards, uh, <laughs> for the game, yeah. you know, it's yeah. pretty great. Yeah, actually that, that's, uh, it, it was fascinating to me. I mean, the defense was phenomenal. Like it, every level honestly of the defense and i know like baylor had some chunk runs and things like that but like two huge runs came on or one huge run came on a, the meaningless last down of the first half uh yeah. 
where like it doesn't matter if they get a lot a long run as long as they don't get in the end zone uh and then one was like a 50 yard run where like eh, things happen and then they also had what they had like a 30 yard touchdown run right where it was like an end around where uh it seemed like there was a missed assignment or a gap or something like that uh, and of course like i've just talked about three things and so like pulling those out pulling out the three best plays of any offense are are rough but even with those would you be surprised if i said that Ole Miss outgained Baylor overall in total yardage. Uh, I would have been surprised. I mean, I I looked at the box. You score looked, but <laughs> so only by three yards. But yeah, uh, think about that, right? Like a true freshman quarterback for Ole Miss, and you know Baylor's starter of of a starter who helped a team win twelve games. Really, really fascinating thing. Um, and Bohannon. I don't know. That was rough. Uh, I, I I know he was hurt for a while, and so maybe he was still nursing that injury. But he did not look like a good quarter, good good quarterback uh, in that game. No, he didn't. But one of the things we did really well um, that Ole Miss did really well was, you know, scheme against his ability to run. Um, lots of times where as soon as he looked upfield, we had someone on him, and he just yeah. really wasn't able to do much. Um, and yeah, that's they also that, forced him out of the pocket a ton, uh, made, made him yeah. feel uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. And that's something that, that we've done really well all year is stop running quarterbacks. Um, and and that's really cool to see because it's such uh, an integral component of a lot of modern offenses, uh, being able to have that mobile quarterback. And we finally scheme well against it. No? Yeah. I mean, uh, I think uh, – like I said, every level of the defense performed well, so I'm, I, I don't want to single out too much, but certainly Chance Campbell, um, he is very frequently tasked with trailing a mobile quarterback, and once again, he did a really good job with that. Um, mm-hmm. I I hope he comes back. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, that's almost certainly the difference in – you know, at least the potential for a couple extra wins. Uh, if yeah. Chance Campbell comes back, uh, cool to see Miles Battle get a really cool pick. Um, what a, a neat oh, story for him! That was awesome. To, yeah, going from kind of an underused uh, receiver to being a pretty good cornerback. Man, I love our cornerback room. Um, yeah. You know, especially given that we're oldness and we're not going to sign five-star cornerbacks all the time in the SEC. Right. Um, but yeah, we have a really good room right now. Um, oh, I mean, it was it was a one-handed pick uh, where he reached directly to his left and grabbed it and brought it in. Um, where like Baylor's receiver definitely had position to make it work, but go to the ball, man! You got to go to the ball. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, a lot yeah. of props to the defense. Uh, made made the game watchable when it could have just been an absolute nightmare <laughs> all the way through. Yeah. If things go right this off season, um, and by right, I mean like especially well this off season, then there's a pretty good, there's a pre- pretty good chance that the defense is salty next season. Absolutely. Yeah. With, um, we have a lot of guys who still have some room to grow, I think, uh, or to gain some experience and yeah, a lot of guys who have some potential who haven't really played much yet because we had some some veterans in there um but yeah there's a lot of potential for next year yeah uh 
another issue for going into next year will be finding a kicker in the show notes. I wrote kicking yikes. Um, <laughs> because I, I don't know, like I, I, I never want to call someone out, uh, but the kicking yesterday was bad. Um, and some of that is like being put into situations that are, difficult you know there was like a what was there like a 48 yarder or something like that that we attempted uh 49 yeah 49 yeah uh but it's definitely frustrating that the caden costa ped or whatever it is uh is suspension has cost us points yeah absolutely um and yeah what a silly thing especially you never know i mean <sighs> programs say things to kind of cover their asses all the time. And the story out of the Costa situation was that it was some supplement that didn't have in it what was advertised or something like that. Uh-huh. Or like, like available over the counter or something yeah, like that. Yeah. And yeah. so like, if that's true, that sucks. Like, right. <laughs> so ridiculous. I mean, it could, it could not be true, but if right. so, yeah, that exactly. sucks, man. Like, <laughs> You can't buy something at GNC to get you banned for an entire year. Exactly. Uh, but yeah, there's, I guess, an appeal in place. I, I don't feel great about it because it's, it's Ole Miss and the NCAA, presumably. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, so I don't have a good transition here, but um, Jeff Levy, that, you know, his final game, um, we heard this big lead up about, uh, and everyone was like, oh, if, if anybody wants to beat Baylor, it's Jeff Levy because of how it went down with him there or whatever. It was rough, man. Like, uh, I, I do think that it would have been tough no matter what with the way the offensive line was getting abused by Baylor's defensive line. But there were so many play calls that were like slow developing passes. What what are you doing? Like, yeah, you have... The, the line is getting obliterated every play and you have a true freshman quarterback who's like not deer in the headlights. He, he did better than that, but like mm-hmm. dump stuff off, like figure out. And it can't also be like run twice and then put him in a third and long situation to try to make something happen. Like that's, that's an awful scenario to do over and over and over again. And that's what we saw. Yeah. And we saw, poorly your slow developing run plays as well we have snoop connor trying to get to the corner like yeah he's fast for a big strong back but get him downhill you know or i don't know yeah yeah we really looked lost a little bit um and it's it's got to be hard because you know that if you have two employers they're going to be pulling you in opposite directions even if they're giving you lip service like oh we want to help you finish your duties at at Ole Miss right right, right. Oklahoma wants him to be out recruiting and um working on things for their program and it's just a a tough crappy situation to be in yeah um and like you said everything goes out the window when Corral gets hurt but uh things just looked a little wonky and it, it looked like in a lot of ways, kind of a, a, a magnified version of some of the small issues we'd seen with, you know, what was a really good offense this year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
Well, and uh, like I said, Baylor played a huge a huge factor there on defense. Um, sure. And I think that they were more than just a line too. Um, I, I think the secondary for Baylor was was solid. Uh, that last pick from Altmeyer was it's it's funny it happened uh so oh my god who was the uh former alabama quarterback who was calling the game um uh greg mcelroy greg mcelroy yeah so right. greg mcelroy says uh right before the snap he says something like um uh you know they need to make something happen here uh, I think there were six minutes left in the game. Ole Miss was down by 14. Uh, it was still possible, but... No, it was only down by seven. Oh, oh, that's right. You're right. You're right. They were down by seven, right? So Greg, Greg McElroy says uh, Ole Miss needs to make something happen here. And then when he reads the defense, he says, based on the wide splits of the safeties, uh, it seems like Ole Miss might want to attack the middle of the field in this play. And so then the snap happens... Uh, Luke Altmeyer has observed that as well, throws to the middle of the field, and a Baylor safety has crept to the middle of the field uh, and and picks it off easily. Uh, and, I, you know, it's just frustrating where, like, the the play that a former though although short-lived nfl quarterback uh would have made the same pre-snap read like is a pick in a huge in a huge situation absolutely and you know i was not intently watching the game at that point uh it was it grown frustrating but it's the true freshman quarterback it's third and 27 right yeah yeah like you can't get in that situation you know right you just can't get right. in it um so yeah yeah um so just a couple other topics uh, i wanted to talk about uh jerry and ely actually he has announced as of last night that he is going to forego his final season of eligibility and this coming baseball season in order to prepare for the nfl draft um I think that he has plenty of qualities that you might look for in an NFL running back, although he's undersized. Um, but he didn't really put it together. I should say there were a couple of games and several games through his career, especially early on right in his freshman year when uh, the entire offense was predicated around running the ball. Uh, there were some times where you'd say like, OK, this is the this is the guy. Um, that that Ole Miss recruited him. I think he was at one point a five-star running back uh, mm-hmm. coming out of high school, um, and he his production was also hampered by the fact that he shared the running back room with both Snoop, Snoop Connor and Henry Parrish, and Ole Miss showed a proclivity to run all of those guys roughly the same amount, which mm-hmm. I think you could argue argue against in some cases. Snoop Connor should have been more involved as well, and especially in downhill running. But anyway, none of that matters. Um, I think that Ely is a player that an NFL team might look at and say, like, hey, there are things we can work with here, and there are assets uh, to make this happen. Uh, He's not not declaring for the draft expecting to be a first, second, third round pick. Uh, But more and more, the NFL is showing that 
for especially running backs, it really doesn't matter what round you're drafted in. Uh, the, the most important thing is just that you can run well, find the holes well. Uh, yeah, and, absolutely. and that's fine. And, and, you know, more power to him. I think I've, I've been reading some message boards this morning with people who were just like, oh, he was trash. It doesn't matter. All that kind of stuff. Like that, that's not necessary. He, he, he did some good stuff at times during his career. Um, he, he yeah, was never I mean, like, he was never like a feature running back that, uh, you would no doubt say like this guy belongs on an NFL roster though. <laughs> Yeah, I I'll soft disagree. I think you could put together a highlight tape for Jerry on Ely that would look incredible. Um, he he has incredible balance uh, and vision and is really hard to bring down at times. Uh, he really opened up the LSU game for us. Yeah, uh, this season. And yeah, he's he's made some incredible plays as a runner has showed some uh, a lot of good football smarts. I think he's a good receiver. Um, he's, he's pretty versatile. I, I think he'll you know, be a good NFL player in the right situation, which is, you know, something that's just not really under his control, but yeah, I, I hope that he ends up somewhere where, um, they can use, a a third down back or a, a back who occasionally goes into the slot or whatever. Yeah. Uh, oh, me too. I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm a fan of Jerry Neely. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're coming up on time, but um, I did want to address that the reports came out yesterday. Uh, man, I wish I could know who did it first, but let me just cover my bases by saying, I think it's now been reported by uh 24-7, Rivals, and on three, that um, John Rice Pumley is likely to enter the transfer portal today or over the next few days. Uh, UCF is a possible destination where Gus Malzahn would be interested in him playing quarterback. Um, <clears throat> I think that, gosh, his, his career is frustratingly divisive among fans. Um, I think that when he clearly wasn't the throwing quarterback that Ole Miss needed in uh, as a freshman in spite of, you know, running for a kajillion yards against LSU and things like that. Um, it became easy for fans to either seemingly hate him uh, or fans to love his squeaky clean image that he played the piano um, you know, that he had done well against LSU and their, you know, historic rival, all that sort of stuff. Um, but no matter kind of how you feel about that over the last two years, it's become apparent that, um, you know, Ole Miss is not going to be able to, is not going to really even attempt, but certainly be able to use him at quarterback. And the wide receiver experiment this year was basically a failure. Yeah, absolutely. He has some of the skills that you would want in in a slot receiver and, you know, a football player in general. Uh, I noticed the times he did play this year, uh, he made a lot of effort blocking. Um, he did have some some nice catches uh, during the, the Outback Bowl last year. That's where we played in, right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, and, you know, he, he just 
you know, shows a lot of ability as a general football player. But, uh, you know, the game is really specialized and the game really depends on having, you know, the right physical attributes. And, you know, he's not quite shifty enough, maybe not quite blazing fast enough to be a wide receiver in the SEC. Um, uh, We all really wanted that to work because it would have been a super cool story, you know, Um, but I, I, you know, again, you, you just like Ely, you just have to wish him well and, and hope that he, he finds, you know, something that, you know, he, he makes something out of the rest of his career. Well, I think it's just clear that receiver is a very technique focused position and is not something that you can just, uh, in an off season kind of make work. Um, Yeah. Especially if you're playing baseball in that off season. Yeah. Yeah. Precisely. Okay, well, that that actually wraps things up. Um, I think that overall, we're sort of on the same page about the Sugar Bowl, which is that once Corral went down, uh, there wasn't a lot that could make us like furiously angry, um, other than if we found out that Corral was badly injured, which of course he's not, or sorry, which it seems he's not. Um, and yeah, uh, last thing I'll say is I think that this kicks off a very important offseason or I guess it's really already kicked off, but um, continues a very important offseason where the transfer portal will have to be a huge asset. Uh, Lane Kiffin is now uh, trying to keep DJ Durkin, who, of course, we would love for him to keep. Um, and, you know, there will be a, a number of things that happen over the course of this offseason that are pivotal to the future of the program. So lots of hurdles to uh, overcome, but also lots of opportunity. Absolutely. All right. Well, thanks for joining us, everybody. Uh, And hotty toddy, I guess. Happy New Year. Uh, Yeah. Peace out. Peace out.